Hey everyone and welcome to Already Cancelled. I am Peter, that is Connor, and this is going to be our top five episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation Season 2. At the end of each season, we did this for seasons 1, 2, and 3 of the original series, did it for season 1 of course of Next Gen, and this is going to be season 2. Uh, we do our top five best episodes and our bottom three worst episodes uh, I, th- I think for season one of this we did t- uh, top five worst as well uh, there was just too many to choose from there was uh this this season i mean we'll talk about we'll sort of wrap up and give overall thoughts in the season at the end of this uh but there's a very different curve to this one which we'll get into when we get there yeah. uh but we'll start off with the top five uh we sort of do the top five first we'll give you the, the worst threes a sort of bonus afterwards uh, so starting off with number five, so we we sat down before this recording and we kind of agreed on what we what we thought. Uh, number five is one that you were mainly championing, so I will let you mainly take the reins with this one. But number five is Elementary Dear Data. Yeah, so this is uh, well, as the name might suggest, the the Sherlock Holmes inspired episode. Um, so obviously, it's a it's a follow up to some of that stuff that we had in season one with Data. Um, but this this goes a little bit further. Um, it really dives into all of that stuff, and we have uh, in the holodeck create a Moriarty that is designed to you know to challenge data. That was the, the specification, and it becomes self-aware, and uh, uh, it becomes uh, really interesting because obviously it starts off villainous and, and such, but by the end it's just uh, another being that is trapped in the holodeck, but is somewhat alive, to, depending on how you view that. Um, and uh, yeah, no, I thought it was a, a really interesting episode, and. Uh, it was nice to have near the start of the season. Yeah, it's what it's one I think that if you're a data fan, you get a lot out of because it's 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 data and it's the idea of creating a a full world for data. Uh, so the computer, the the holodeck, created <laughs> a Moriarty that's self-aware because that's the only way data would have a challenge. Yeah. Uh, is you know, there's, there's some interesting uh, stuff there, and that was episode three for the season. Uh, by the way, uh, our number four. Is maybe a slightly different pick. A bit, uh, bit of a wild card choice. Yeah, we like to have at least one wild card in our top fives for these seasons, and that is episode 19 of the season. That is Manhunt, which is an episode that I think we were both expecting to be trash. We were expecting this to be a bad episode and ended up having not a good Star Trek story, but one of the more fun episodes in terms of the characters because this is the episode where Troy's mother is back on board and is basically in heat and trying to uh, seduce the captain uh, every chance she gets and Picard is trying to dodge her and it makes for a really good comedy episode yeah it's surprisingly fun like I said we, we thought this was going to be terrible and then yeah it, it was really really funny uh, consistently throughout um, which is obviously that was what it set out to be it wasn't like uh, funny by mistake it was intentionally funny and uh, it definitely achieved its its aim Oh yeah, it's worth mentioning that a lot of times in these early Star Trek seasons, or next gen at least, you know, the funny stuff is not necessarily intentional, but this very much was. This was good humour, playing on who Picard is, playing on who who some of the other characters are. Uh, It it really worked. And yeah, I came out of this kind of like, yo, that was a really fun 45 minutes of TV, which I was not expecting. And it had some really funny callbacks to the episode with uh, Troy's mother in, in the first season as well. Yes, and we had uh, the fireman back from Twin Peaks uh, yeah. hitting his gong. Uh, and had, yeah, even the opening with him, like, you know, Riker insisting on taking the bag and, like, basically, you know, it's, it's almost a little bit funnier because we know that uh, Freaks in real life has back problems. <laughs> so so yeah. seeing see him pretend to, like, really struggle with this bag was really funny. Yeah. Uh, so, 
yeah, maybe an oddball pick, but maybe not one of the more special episodes. But I think season two has a lot of forgettable episodes. This one, I think, will stick with me a little bit because it was so entertaining. It's funny because obviously we just looked through the list on IMDb now just to re- remind, okay, this is what all the episodes were. And this has one of the lower to middling ratings on there. And uh, I think that's a bit unfair on it. Yeah. Uh, which leads us to our number three, uh, which is episode eight of the season, and that is A Matter of Honor. This is the episode where Riker uh, is on an exchange program with the Klingons, where he goes to be the number one on <laughs> on the Klingon ship. And it really tests kind of like where his loyalties lie and him kind of trying to understand how the Klingons, you know, earn respect from each other. And then, of course, the inevitable possibility that the, the ship he's on comes into conflict with the with the Enterprise and how he handles that, how Picard handles that on the Enterprise and everything in between. And then obviously, you know, going to war for advice before he goes over, all, all, all these little things. Uh, but once he gets over there, the actual drama of him dealing with these Klingons and earning their respect... Uh, teaches about teaches about Raker, but also teaches about the Klingons. It, we get we get like good valuable information out of both sides of it, which is really good. Yeah, we do. And there's uh, there's some funny beats over there as well with like the Klingon food, for example, and just you know seeing the Klingons socialize and and you know, Riker trying to integrate with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, plus, it, it was a nice episode for uh, set design and stuff because they got to like design a, a Klingon ship, and it was really grungy and it's kind yeah. Of fun. So it, it felt it felt one of those episodes that was adding a lot to the mythology of Star Trek. There are some episodes it's like, okay, so this is the episode where, I don't know, they encounter yet another vortex and something happens, blah, blah, blah. It may be fun, but this one, it feels like, no, no, this is actually adding to what we think of as Klingons and how they operate uh, yeah. sort of on their own. Uh, no, 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 not just the, the villains, that, you know, because now the, the Romulans are there for that and another group that we'll get to uh, later on in this list. So, yeah, no, uh, Matter of Honor was kind of like the first episode of the season, I think. We're, we'd liked a couple before this, but this was kind of like, okay, I think we're get, actually starting to hit the good Next Generation episodes. So this yeah, because is... obviously we had an elementary day dating at the start, but that wasn't like, oh, this is one of the great episodes of all time. This was just, I had a lot of fun with this. Uh, mm. um, but this was like, oh, no, no, this is good storytelling and good world building in a, in a different way. Yeah, so Matter of Honor, very, very good. Uh, which takes us on to our number two of the season, and number two is episode 16. And it was really a tough picking between one and two, to be honest, because the top two were obvious. We, we had no doubt in our minds what numbers one and two were. It was just a case of which order they go in. Uh, number two is episode 16, Q Who. Uh, and this is a huge episode. And I think if there's one thing I'm hoping for going into season three, because, you know, we've had, you know, we had a couple of fun picks here in this top five. And I think, I think you know, number three is is really good. But it's numbers one and two that are this, you know, next level stuff. Special. I really hope that when we get to this at the end of season three, that season three has five special. Like, you know, it's like all five of them are, these are upper tier, insane quality Star Trek. Honestly, I think we might be asking for a bit much there. If we can get three or four, like at least if we get more than what we got this season, I'll be happy. Yeah, but Q-Who is the episode that introduces the Borg, also brings Q back, obviously, as the title implies. And everything about the introduction to the Borg was... as perfect as I could have envisioned it. Like, you know, I, you know, I know about the Borg. I seen First Contact a long time ago, so I have vague memories of, you know, what they look like and whatever. But 
this introduction to them, the way that they discover that the Borg have this hive mind and the way they don't really care, they have no personality, like the way that they kill one of the, the, the collective members and then it just beams another one aboard who just goes and does, just continues doing its thing. It's like this yeah. never ending stream of soldiers. Uh, seeing the, the set design of the Borg ship, the, the, the design of the Borg themselves, all these ideas, it's all wonderful. Yeah, yeah, we we mentioned set design in the previous episode with the Klingon ship being like really grungy and dirty and and kind of interesting, and this is the complete opposite. It's so sterile and you know it's all sharp corners and edges and you know really uh, efficient. There's no well, no rounded aesthetically pleasing things. It's it's still grungy, but it's grungy in a cyberpunk way, and I, I yeah, it's one of my favorite types of design. I think and not only seeing all this stuff for the first time but building them as a threat in, t- in two ways the idea that they have to run they can't fight this but also the idea that q in his own warped way are actually trying is that he's actually trying to prepare picard <laughs> it's like hey you guys should probably be aware of this he's trying to prepare picard until he actually be able to f- maybe even have a chance of withstanding the borg you know when the, t- the time comes that now that they're they're venturing off into these sections of space, so it adds a lot to the mythology. I mean, introduces a whole new thing. You know, I mean, it's one thing to add more to the Klingons. This is introducing a whole new race, essentially, to Star Trek. That you know, we just know f- because of you know the future sake that they're going to be a big deal. They're going to be this. But even even in the episode, if I had never seen, it, if I had never heard anything, if I watched this as it aired, they feel like a big deal. They feel like a big no, deal immediately. They, they presented it with gravitas in a way that some of the episodes just don't. <laughs> Yeah, and that was one of the things we said actually is that uh, even from the the opening minutes of this episode, it felt it felt like an important episode in a way that a lot of the sillier episodes just feel like they're silly from the start, or they feel like they're just you know ho hum whatever. It's another Star Trek episode. This one from the start feels like the the tone and the the atmosphere around everything feels like special. Yeah, I think it's some like particularly strong direction because uh, obviously you know, TV at this time doesn't have very standout direction for the most part. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, Twin Peaks isn't far off, but. Uh, you know, generally speaking, it's standard by the numbers TV direction. And this isn't like massively outside of those boundaries, but uh, I think it is in the tone, just a couple of shots here or there that, that give it a little bit different weight that, that, you know, you do feel it as you're watching it. Yeah. So now q is a wonderful, wonderful episode that is yeah. not only extremely fascinating on its own, but it's incredibly exciting for where things are going to go in the future. And even plays into Picard, uh, the new show, which I'm currently reviewing with Tara. So uh, a lot of legacy uh, sort of stemming from this one. And uh, it's, it's, it's not one of those things where I, I wouldn't have been surprised if oh, the first appearance isn't that special. You know, they become special over time. You know, the big episodes that come later are the ones that really sell us. I mean, it's almost like a TV show in itself, right? The first episodes aren't that exciting. A Star Trek, next gen. Yeah. Often they don't know that this is going to be a big thing they'll reuse. They'll just like, hey, this will be a cool idea, and you know, and and then later they pick pick up on it again and go, all right, let's build on that, and then it becomes the thing you think of. But there's confidence in this one. There's confidence, and it felt like they knew they had something special, and it feels that way when you're watching us. So that is great. Uh, and there's only one other option, of course. You know, that was almost number one, but there was only one other option to be number one, and that is episode nine, the measure of a man. Which interestingly is also played into Picard, the new show. <laughs> the, see the uh, the scientist in this, Maddox. Uh, he gets mentioned like episode one, and he's never shown up again in Star Trek since this episode. He's been mentioned, I think. He's been, I think it's he's it's mentioned occasionally that Data still is in touch with him uh, with sure. his research, but he's never. Been, but he's mentioned in Picard episode one. I was like, wait a minute, I know that name, and I was like, oh, he's from Measure of a Man. Oh, <laughs> I know what I'm talking about. Excellent. As you do. So. This is basically a trial episode. Not, not, I guess a courtroom. It's not really. It's not a courtroom itself. It's just a, you know, a Star Trek set. But 
Like, yeah. it's debating whether or not Data has rights. Is, is he a property of Starfleet or is he life and therefore should have the, the rights of any other life form uh, as far as the Federation sees it? So, and it's Picard defending Data and trying to sort of argue that he is a life form and he should have his own choice. And it's wonderful, and it's wonderful in a way that's different from Q Who. And I think what's great about these two episodes together in season two is that they kind of represent the two big things I want from Star Trek. They represent the cool mythology stuff and the exciting villains and all that kind of like deep space, the mystery of the you know the unknown space, right? That's a part of Star yeah, Trek. The exploration. And then this side of it from this episode is the 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 moral debates, the the rights and the wrongs, and how do we solve problems like this is kind of the other big thing about star it trek is. that and makes I think star trek like with this episode is that it doesn't just give you the answers obviously while you know picard wins the argument um it, it's uh riker that is, is the one that is being made to to prosecute and you know provide evidence against and he provides you know compelling evidence you know in his own right you know he, he tries because he has to and uh it, it's it's really great seeing that like conflict for him having to do that against his friend against his own beliefs yeah because he, he's basically told that i mean i don't, I don't think they'll, they'll fire him if he doesn't give it his all but you know it's just based that's basically what it is it's like no you, you you're been ordered to yeah to prosecute it's, it's basically like hey if you don't do a you know a proper job of this then picard's defense is meaningless and therefore mm we might just rule the trial, you know, inadmissible and data's property because there wasn't a, a real argument. Yeah. So the trial, which takes up like half of the episode, is really, really good. The build-up is good as well. Um, and, you know, and it's, it's somehow they actually managed to use Tasha's death from season one in a dramatic beat that really worked. You know, he, Shockingly. Him, him having that hot little hologram uh, of Tasha and them having to ask about it and sort of get to the, the crux of why he has that, was shockingly good and it, it took so, so you know it took a, a joke moment from a really bad episode that we had been making fun of for you know a season and a half and it took a horrible death and somehow made gold out of it and i, I that, there's no way that's not impressive right there's no, no way that, that is damn fine writing to be able to do that so and that makes me trust them more going forward that even when we have because we're going to have as much as i'm expecting a lot more great episodes i'm still expecting stinkers i'm still expecting stinkers you know mixed in with them uh, it's it's network tv essentially you know <laughs> they're gonna be there but if you know they're going to keep coming back and having great episodes every once in a while you trust them to get there you trust that they're going to keep coming and i think what i really like about this episode as well compared to say like you know the the, the one with the borg is that the budget is so much tighter on this episode you know half of it is in a, a single room yeah, yeah, and all the other and all the other rooms are all just rooms we're always in. So <laughs> it's not like yeah, exactly. So yeah. you know, it's it is really you know the the budget is is tiny comparatively. You know, there's no fancy new sets that have really gone all out to design or you know anything like that. It's just fantastic, right? Yeah, um, I don't know. It's it's funny to me actually because we see when the I mean I guess depending on where the studios are that they're shooting, they may have to pay for rental. Uh, anyway all the time but let's assume that they own their own studio which a lot of times they do uh yeah like at what at which point does an episode like this where it's shot in sets that are ba- the ones you already have anyway is the is the say the electricity budget for the day more than what you spent on sets <laughs> like probably uh, you know and obviously and I, I, I assume if you have to build one set for an episode the set budget's more because obviously that's just going to cost a lot but yeah but if, if you've got literally if you're just on the enterprise for yeah 
and a lot of episodes are to be fair you know a lot of episodes yeah. are just on there um yeah. I, I suppose the one thing they have to do I, I do wonder how many sets they have to build where they just build the background for when because it's, it's the only thing that we ever see in it some some episodes that aren't on the enterprise is when they're talking to someone on the screen so i wonder how many sets they've built that are just that little back bit for the background of the person talking <laughs> Uh, quite a few, I imagine. Yeah. And e- even ones like this with this, you know, the the courtroom, it's it's okay. It's just the the same room as something else. They've just repurposed it. Oh, sure, this. no doubt. Just slightly redressed it, and uh, you know, it really just makes it easier. No doubt. Uh, so that's a top five. That's a top five episodes for Star Trek: The Next Generation season two. But of course, there were bad episodes as well. Uh, we don't want to be too negative here, but we are going to point out three stinkers. Uh, three stinkers. Uh, the first of which, uh, number three on this list is episode twelve of the season. That is called the Royale, and it's not the worst episode ever. But I think this this is one where there was it was really between this and then one of the more recent episodes we did uh, with the the emissary uh, with the, the Klingon woman, and th- both this episode and that episode fall into the same sort of category of these sound like they they had potential or. Actually, well, it's slightly different. The Klingon one, it was it sounded like it had potential and then just played into the love story stuff, so it was really dull instead. This yeah. one, arguably, is even more frustrating because the potential didn't come from, you know, reading the description in advance. The potential came from the opening 5-10 minutes. The first 5-10 minutes of this episode set up some really interesting stuff and had some really unique visuals and, like, an atmosphere. That, that first, like, 5 minutes of this is, like, amongst the best stuff of this season. Because there's, there's that scene where they're they're going down to this like weird planet where they're, they're trying to figure out the mystery and it's like a void with like a revolving door in it and it felt like so surreal and different. It almost felt like David Lynch had directed a scene from from the, in this show, and did, then yeah. they go into this you know this this casino hotel and from there it's just this land. Yeah, there's nothing interesting going on. The mystery isn't really a mystery. It becomes data, you know. And data gambling could have been a fun episode potentially. You know, an episode of data in a casino. Yeah. Like, there's no reason why that couldn't have been a blast, but it wasn't really what we were looking for it, for this episode. It never delivered on that first five minutes, and then beyond that, even once, okay, we're doing this. Uh, it's this old kind of pulpy book, and it's just that on a loop. It never really played into the pulp angle. It just played it really straight. It never, you know did anything satirical with it or unique it just really played it by the numbers uh, and was kind of boring yeah so that is our number three uh, our number two is actually episode one of the season that we started off on the wrong foot <laughs> for yep. sure uh so that was the child that is uh troy gets impregnated by a mysterious alien light <laughs> <laughs> yep and gives birth like the next day this sounded like it was going to be terrible, and it may not have been as disastrous as I had in my head, but it was still really, really bad. <laughs> it's pretty bad. <laughs> like, you know, Riker, I mean, Riker's reactions to some of this pregnancy stuff were pretty funny. I, I don't know if that was intentional humor, though, if it was more just, I was having a I was just enjoying Riker. The awkwardness. Yeah, being awkward about it. Yeah. Uh, so... It, it's, it's a rough one, because Troy episodes, unfortunately, usually suffer because her as a character well i think she, you know she has potential here or there she she often has some of the worst plots because they give her these weird romances these weird things where her mother's trying to set her up or she meets some ambassador or in this case she gets impregnated like it's always these weird like I've, i don't want to say because obviously star trek is a very sort of forward thinking show but I, I do want to say that the plots in the show so far for the female characters have mostly been garbage and 
I, you know, I don't want to say necessarily sexist in and of themselves, but definitely sexist in the sense that they always seem to fall into the same category of like, oh, she's either impregnated or she's in love or she like, it's always something like that. I, I will give the benefit that Pulaski's stuff never fell into that this season. That's okay. That's fair, but I think that's because she was never a regular cast. She never really got an episode to herself. In the she same got way. the one where she was uh, infected. Oh, okay, okay. No, she had one. You're right. But and, that's bit okay. Well, it's not a particularly amazing plot. Don't worry, Ryan. It wasn't a great episode. It didn't. It didn't fall into any of these traps. Is that just because she's older and Gene Roddenberry, being the pervert he is, thought no, she's too old for a sexy plot, so she gets the old age probably makeup yeah. plot. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, t- I mean, Tasha's back... I mean, if you remember, she she had to run from rape gangs, if you remember her backstory. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. you know, Crusher, you know, tended to be this awkward kind of love interest for Picard. And obviously, I'm kind of looking forward to her being back, actually, for... Uh, she didn't have a lot of episodes on her own, though, her episodes. Yeah. She was just kind of there, a hero now. But she's here for the next five seasons, so, I mean, she's probably going to get a few. She'll get some, I'm sure, yeah. and we'll judge those accordingly as they happen. But Troy's epic, even though we like Manhunt, which arguably is kind of a Troy episode, but it's more of her mother than it is her, to be honest. Uh, yeah, she's there, but it's it's more her mother and, and Picard. Yes, uh, <laughs> I'm just remembering that scene there where she's saying uh, how much more intensely like corny, like she is yeah. uh, next to Riker, and he's like, "Oh, she can be as you know." When we started dating, Troy told me four times as you know uh, erotic. It's like. Yeah, if not more, like more. <laughs> yeah, or or, or when a when when a mother is like going after anyone because Picard spurned her, and, and she's after you know Riker on the bridge. Yeah, she's like, don't you dare, mother. Yeah, so yeah, it was fun stuff, and I I think what made that work is because it was almost a not a parody, but it it was almost playing off the how bad some of the other Troy episodes were. It was kind of taking them and just building some actual intended comedy around them. And this is the yeah. kind of even though this wasn't the one with the mother, this is kind of the the bad Troy episode that. Uh, I, I I dread when I think of a Troy episode coming up. When I when I read that description in IMDb and the next one's a Troy episode, I'm like, oh god, yeah. this is what I'm and worried of. Honestly, this might sound harsh. I think she's one of the worst actors on the show. She is one of the worst actors on the show, um, and I, I think I mean I think she's better in this because I, I, when we saw her in Titan season one, she was dreadful in that. So she is she is pulling her weight better here than she I've seen her doing other things, um, but. Compared to the others, I mean, you know, when she's in a room with Patrick Stewart, there's definitely a, a difference. Yeah, I think the problem is she still comes off as worse than most of the rest of the cast. And therefore, when she's meant to be the one carrying the episode, I'm just not sure she's capable. In the yeah. same way that, you know, that a lot of the other cast are. That's fair. But... Still better than Wesley, though. I'm... <laughs> no, sure. Oh, she's better than a kid. Sure. <laughs> Hey, some kids are good actors, right? That's <laughs> some kids are great. It's fine. Yeah, sure. Uh, but no, I, I, that may be part of the problem as well. Uh, but the child is number number two on this list. And fair enough, it started on the wrong foot. It definitely ended on the wrong foot because naturally, our number one worst episode of the season is Shades of Grey, uh, the season finale, and that is because I mean it's a clip show, of course. Of it's course, ten minutes of an episode. And it's 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 just it's perfectly middling for the first ten minutes. It's just whatever, and then the clips start, and it's just a complete waste of time for the rest of it. And I, I don't know how bad an episode would have to be for me to rank something worse than a clip, the clip show episode. I'm sure it's possible. I'm sure, like if we'd gotten some, you know, like Code of Honor from season one, like would I rank that worse than this? Possibly. Possibly. Well, that may get there, 
but clip shows inherently are terrible and they're terrible because they're just using old clips to fill up time because they need to fill up an episode that they don't have a budget for or yeah. in this case there's a writer strike and they have to just churn something out quickly and be on their way it's annoying. I think it is possible to be worse because you could offend me for the first time with something really sure. bad. Whereas in a clip show, I'm just bored. Yeah, yeah. It's just painfully boring. And there's really not much else to say about it than that. That's, that's it. Because I mean, hell, we struggled to talk about it for more than 10 minutes uh, when we did the review of yeah, this episode. We, we haven't got much more than that in us now. So that's pretty much it. Um, so I will say season two, I think the standard overall was up from season one. Obviously, the two special, like, you know, even even arguably our top three, I think, were all head and shoulders above the first season. So that's great. I do think there's a lot of episodes, as much because, I mean, there was a few more in consideration for that bottom three, but not a lot. I think there's a lot of sixes and sevens in season two. There's a lot of episodes where, even if, like, the internet seems to dislike it, because even, like, some like Pen Pals, which people don't tend to like, I still thought there was good things in Pen Pals that I like. Even the, yeah, the, it's it's not the worst it was fine yeah there was problems in it but there was some good stuff as well with data having this friendship and there was some interesting moral quandaries brought up there's a debate in that episode where they're talking about whether or not they leave this planet to die uh because it's against you know the prime directive and i'm like hey like this is a good debate this is actually a really good interesting conversation between the characters because they're yeah. conflicted about it they're conflicted about the prime directive and is it the right thing to do um so yeah i think that's the problem with this season is like I say, you know, we had a top three that were really easy to get. And then the other two were just like, well, these are kind of fun. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the bottom three, I mean, we really had a bottom two. And then we were like, all right, well, which one is Which one do we were we most disappointed in? Yeah, that was basically it. Uh, the rest of them, because we were going through, we're just like, yeah, I mean, it was okay. It's fine. doesn't really belong on either list. It's not, yeah. we, we'd never go, oh, this was a really good episode, but it wasn't that bad. Yeah. I mean, some are more than that, though, to be fair. Like, I, I don't think, like, cause what you're saying is very in the middle, where I think there's a lot of them that are just a bit above that, where they have a good enough ideas, they're just not executed to the point where I'm, I'm you know, enthusiastic about them. And I think, yeah. uh, you know, going forward, obviously, I hope it veers more into enthusiasm, but the, the season as a whole has a lot of episodes that have good things in it that just don't necessarily live up as a whole or the focus on the wrong thing. There's a couple episodes that were like that. Yeah. There was quite a few more frustrating episodes in this season, I think, in that you can see that they're like 60% there and you're like, oh, you just, you you know exactly what you need to do to make this into a really good, solid episode and it just never quite gets there. And that's more annoying than just ones that are really bland. Yeah, but I do think it's a step up season. I, I even, and not just because there's a, there's a few standout episodes, right? I think just in general, the quality averages up from season one. Oh, definitely. I mean, we couldn't have done five terrible episodes from this season no not terrible i mean there's a couple that were in content you know we're talking about the one where wesley was with the princess girl sure yeah there's more that are not good but they're not as bad as some of the ones that we've had before by by a long shot so hey that is our our best and worst of star trek the next generation season two which means next episode we begin our voyage into season three uh and get to some hopeful gold uh although the first one didn't sound too hot from the description last last week but yeah. you know we'll see uh but looking forward to getting to some of the some of the meat i, I think um Raul d moore for example who was the the showrunner on battlestar galactica he's a writer on next gen i don't know which season he joined but i think we're getting into that range where he's like one of the people on the writing team so um 
and it's not so much that I expect like, even just ones with his name on it. I just the sense that you know some good writers are going to be kind of cropping into the the mix. Mm. Uh, That's always nice. And the coming coming seasons. So yeah, uh, so let us know what you think. Your what your favorite episodes of season two, the next gen are. What you think of our picks in the comments below. Like and subscribe, all that stuff. Get us on the twitters at mail underscore fudge for channel updates. Rate the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Helps out a lot if you do that. More people will find us. You can support us, of course, by going to patreon.com slash TV and doing so for as little as one dollar per month. Uh, you can get extra content from some of our shows. Uh, Five dollars per month gets you early access to a bunch of things, including the Star Trek discussions, and of course, voting rates on some of the movie shows and things like that. So go and have a look. Uh, otherwise, check out the uh, the weekly Picard reviews that me and Tara are doing for the new show, and check out some of the other shows we have. So uh, that is us. So thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching Star Trek, guys, and remember, when it comes to the ladies, Wesley Crusher is in complete control.